The Gospels are the accounts of the words and works of our Savior Jesus. It's there that we learn of the acts of love that mean for us forgiveness and everlasting life. Join us to study one of these Gospels, the book of Matthew. Read a chapter and then listen in as our pastors from Grace discuss the marvel of God's words to us. We hope that you listen to Jesus' words and that with us you grow. Here's another discussion on a chapter from the book of Matthew. Most certainly true podcast listeners, thanks for tuning in to a, another episode. Uh, I'm Pastor Brian Hockman here with Pastor Hebner. How are you today? I am just wonderful. Hello, Pastor Hockman. Hello, podcasters. Great you could join us again for another one of our peeks into Matthew's Gospel. Yeah, I've been enjoying this uh, this daily journey, this daily devotional walk through the Gospel of Matthew. Yeah, we're in the Sermon on the Mount, which is chapters 5, 6, and 7, and having a chance to chat about it and introduce it a bit in the Chapter 5 episode, we can probably dive right in. Yeah, if, chapter you, six. if you missed last week's or, yeah. or yesterday's episode, uh, you should go back and go listen back to the, yeah. Chapter so, 5. The Lord Jesus, and it's a law sermon, we know that, and... Um, we know what the LAW means, God did, God's demand to be perfect, which scares me and scares all people if you're serious about his demand. His demands are so high. But then on the other hand, because he is our Savior with his life and death for us, we now can come back to his law and see that as a guide for thanks. And I, I just, this is a, another, again, we could spend hours and hours and hours on each little section of the Sermon on the Mount. Chapter 6 is no different. But I, I think that in this little podcast section for our our listeners to have some fun with just how about these topics when it relates to giving and prayer and fasting and priorities and worry do you think those are contemporary <laughs> subjects that we deal with and i'm going to just dive in if you don't mind uh, partner pastor hockman here what do you think about this is one of my favorite lines how many favorite lines are there they're all over <laughs> the place but you know in the beginning when you're talking about giving what do you think about what's your take on this famous in chapter 6, when Jesus says, when you give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So how do you, how do you, Pastor Hockman, uh, take that? What, what does that mean for you? I, I've thought about this. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to explain it. For, what, don't let your right hand know what your left is doing. So, Yeah, what would my you... right hand doesn't know anything independent from my body, <laughs> nor does my left. Uh, I, I've always read this as... Um, let this be something that's done in secret and let it be so secret that it's not that not only does your neighbor not know about it, but you yourself aren't even totally conscious or aware of it. Like, like I, I almost picture like left hand, right hand behind the back or like I'm looking this way, but, yeah. but, but sliding something the other way, you know, like the $5 bill in, in the handshake sure. that you're given or yeah. it's not to be a big show, uh, but it's to, for for the purpose for which it's intended, yeah. that if if I see a a, a neighbor in need, yeah. um, I'm just gonna naturally let my Christian yeah. fruits flow to fill that need. Yeah. Not hey everyone, I look like at that. this. I'm not waving my arms up to draw attention. I want everyone to see that I'm giving. Oh, yeah. um, it makes me think of the 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 widow in the corner of the temple that's quietly putting her might yeah. in the in the as compared box to. And, you know, like we had said, in this context, Jesus, early in the ministry, and his opponents, Pharisees, who were show-off kind of people. It comes with giving, with prayer in this chapter, too. So I really like what you said. How about this for a little take on it? Please. You know, as a possibility, right? You know, because I just throw this in the mix. As I'm thinking about this one, I'm thinking, too, 
don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. What, what if behind that, besides the show, because I believe you're, I'm on target with what you just said, because he talks about giving in secret compared to the show. But here's another possibility that I just, I wonder about too, if maybe hidden in the folds behind this is my sinful nature is not minded to be generous and give, you know, but my, the believer in me, the one who trusts what Jesus did, freely gives and joyfully gives and generously gives. So my, my left hand is my sinful nature kind of thing <laughs> says, you know, okay, the offering plate is being passed. I'm at a special event. I'm not talking about my regular planned offerings, you know, and I open up my wallet, right? And there's a 20 and there's a one, you know, right? And my sinful nature is going to, well, the one or nothing. And my right head, my believer, he says, of course I'm giving the 20. You know, it's just, it's not a problem. <laughs> what, what difference does it make? I'm going to throw that, you know. So I'm wondering if this is not in the context, probably doesn't fit, but it's another little way to look at that. Don't let your right hand know it. You're, the believer in you is just joyfully giving, and yes, you're planning your offerings and you're doing it on a on a faithful basis. But your sinful nature is, ouch! I'm writing a check or I'm setting up my electronic fund, you know, giving, and I'm going to give, you know, one or two percent. But my right hand, the believer in me, say, no, it's going to be eight or nine percent or ten or twelve. You know, sure. so another way to look at that. Yeah. But <laughs> Let that sinful nature just, you don't have to pay attention. I'm just giving. <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't worry about it. I'm just doing. But you're, I, I like what your take is on that, you know, public and secret. It's in my heart. It's really our heart. Like chapter five began. It's our attitude right. about giving. It's same thing with prayer. So now that's the next section. Right. So we promised we'd, we'd look at this concept of reward. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus brings it up several time, times in in chapter six, mm-hmm. are, are we going after the rewards of men or are we chasing after the heavenly rewards that Jesus freely gives? And when, when we do things to receive the praise of men, praise of people, um, people, the, yeah, people, men and women, men and women and children. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Jesus says a few times in here, well, then you've received your reward in full. That's all you're going to get. That's all you're going to get. If you abandon spiritual things uh-huh. and abandon God and his will and just go after the praise that, that right. people will give you, then you better, I hope you enjoy it because that's, that's the end of the praise. Yeah. That's the end of the reward. Um, but, and then going back to, the, the beatitudes that we talked about. Let's in the last let's chapter. tie this together like yeah. a good Hebrew, right? Because yeah. Hebrew people, you know, with the center and all that kind of stuff. But the ends also mean something, you know. Like in John's Gospel, when he starts with the Nicodemus story in chapter three, he ends with the Nicodemus helping the scared Nicodemus is now the bold Nicodemus helping Joseph bury Jesus. You know, so here we have in the beginning of Matthew's Gospel statements about. Um, this your reward is in heaven thing, but then you also have Jesus, same Jesus, at the end of Matthew's gospel, chapter, you know, twenty four, twenty five. He's instructing his followers, and he's talking about what happens on the last day. And he, the judge, is going to say, you know, you clothed me, you cared for me, you. Fa-. Well, when did we do that, right? Yeah. In as much as you did this for one of the least of these, you know, so. Our thankful living is so natural, just flowing from our heart of faith. We aren't even thinking about like an earthly reward and praise from people. Chapter six here, this term of reward. Uh, but reward in heaven is like the later chapters of Matthew that we're, we're kind of surprised that, yes, he will on the last day say, you're here in heaven because of me, not you. 
but you know what? Your thankful living is evidence that you trusted me. And that's that's how I read the word reward. And I think they tie. The yeah. sort of bookends in Matthew's gospel. So I like you bringing up that term. It helps us think through. We're not looking for, look at the beginning of chapter six about our giving or our prayer life. It's not for others to get their pats and their encouragement or their praise. But we're doing this out of such great thanks that God will actually say, yes, I love it when you are thankful. I yeah. do like that. <laughs> right. And the, the surprise is, I didn't do anything special. I, that's just natural. What, yeah. how, how else would I have lived, right? And our prayer life is to be that, right? It, when Jesus it. has to give a model, and he teaches it again in Luke's gospel in chapter 11. So he repeats this. He doesn't teach the Lord's Prayer just once. But, and that, that's kind of nice to people to know that we're not locked in a certain pattern of phrases or translation, but he teaches this. In, but the general structure is there. And the model of how he teaches us to it's from the heart, and we prayer is what it's 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 faith's breath, it's breathing, it's <laughs> talking to God, it's responding to him and response and to his speaking yeah, to us in his word yeah. that's right, yeah, so it you know, and how can you ever thank Jesus enough for these wonderful not babbling you know blah, 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 right, and I don't want my prayer life, and especially when we pray a familiar one like the Lord's prayer to become babbling. I think we've done this on a podcast and mentioned it before, and I know you've heard me say a great challenge is to pray this prayer in your own words without using the actual words of the Lord. So that helps you think it through when you're doing it in church or with others, and to in those seconds, you're just always understanding what you're saying, not just rote, not babbling. I was just at a worship service recently where the the preacher intentionalized we're going to preach the lord's prayer slowly and pray it you mean or pray, it? Pray, yeah sorry oh, yeah, yeah we're going to pray the lord's prayer together but we're going he's, he's the leader with the microphone on yeah and he just really uh made it slow and everyone jumped past him into the you know yeah. into the first petition slow down. And, and then oh i guess i better be with him <laughs> <We're gonna slow laughs> down. Yeah, and it really forced you like i don't normally pray this prayer yeah. this way before and yeah. i'm like, gonna think about the words that i'm yeah. speaking I thought it was really effective. Yeah. I can grow. And again, as I age, I, I can see it even more, how I need to grow in my prayer life. I We can always get better at this stuff, right? Get better at our... This is the part of the Sermon on the Mount where in my thankful living, the, the justification, big Bible term, is a one-time deal done. I'm declared right with God, surprisingly, unexpectedly, undeservedly, and th- I'm thankful. But my sanctification, my life of thankfulness my, can grow. I can get better. And the Sermon on the Mount helps me think that through. Uh, my giving, my pr- I can certainly grow in all these areas. My prayer life can be so much better and so much richer, um, whether it's doing memorized prayers with meaning or whether it's personal prayer, homemade, or just it's really a great reminder when you're doing a podcast kind of thing and looking at Matthew chapter 6 to think about our prayer life and how we can talk with God. But it doesn't earn us any love. It doesn't earn us, but it's just responding to God in thanks that he spoke to us, speaks to us in his word. We get to talk to him. And the priorities in prayer, that's, that's, that's a good... Tell me your take on fasting. How often do you do you like this fasting thing? On fasting. 
It's a, it's a rage nowadays. You know, people are into these special diets where they do the fat. I've heard about right. this. The, the golfer, Phil Mickelson, has talked about that because he's looking a little more svelte lately. Oh, yeah? And people have asked him. He won another major tournament in this uh, year. Yes, he and, did. Uh, and then they asked him, you know, so and he says he's on one of these diets where, you know, you fast for a few days. And then he, okay. and they said, um, how, how are you able to do that? And he I don't eat. <laughs> do you like it? No. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a funny. Right. I don't, I'm not quoting him exactly, but so what's your take on that whole fasting thing for a Christian? Yeah. So I've heard of the intermittent fasting thing. I, I've tried it briefly. Um, How'd it but go? I, but I wouldn't call it, I, don't, I didn't do it as a spiritual exercise. I did it because <laughs> my pants don't fit me very well. Um, <laughs> You're an honest man. So. <laughs> <laughs> a little TMI for the podcasters or something? Or, uh. I think they've, fi- they've cracked that mystery. I think they figured that out. Um, <laughs> uh, that's too funny. I don't, I don't know. I, it comes up a lot of times in the, like in the season of Lent. Um, is mm-hmm. it a spiritual exercise yes. to yeah. give something up to not do chocolate or to yeah. or to give up soda or coffee or alcohol or or whatever? And um, I think I, I know of some people who have done it and, and have had some spiritual benefit from doing it. Mm-hmm. You get a chance to, as they have those hunger pains or, or whatever, it's a reminder of all that Jesus Jesus gave up more than chocolate for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I could see, I could see how it could be something that was beneficial. I think uh, there was a more common thing two thousand years ago, or in some circles, maybe even more in modern days. Uh, it's not as common in our Lutheran circles. Uh, Martin Luther even talks about this, you know, and catechisms that fasting and other outward preparations can serve a purpose, but it's really the matter of the heart, you know, right. that really counts. So um, preparation for the Lord's Supper and so on, but. Um, I think that the problem was, of course, in Jesus' day with a Pharisee background, and then even as that connects with some Christian groupings, denominations that are more on the, you know, detracting from the full gift of Jesus' love and forgiveness and do the little add and work righteous side, that sadly some of that business of, you know, fasting during Lent, for example, has maybe the background is, okay, I, I'm... I'm it's not as much a spiritual exercise so you can focus on spiritual things, but now I've done something that God will like me more or, right. you know, clean up my life. I, You know, this general, not to do with Lent or spiritual things, but just the fasting in general that people want to do for a diet's sake and fit their pants better or whatever. I get that. I mean, if people want to do that, it isn't something that maybe appeals to me personally as much. I, My tummy would be rumbling so much I would be distracted, you know, so... <laughs> I don't know if I could focus spiritually, but I could. I could see for some people that might be beneficial. I, I don't know. It's one of those they call them spiritual disciplines, you know, where you set aside time for thinking and pondering, and maybe not eating it could be helpful to some people. But it's just not as common in our circles. So I, I wouldn't want anybody to feel duty bound that if you're really going to be a Christian, you know, there has to be some time in your life or during. In fact, I've had that story I've told you before. When I had someone in our Back to the Basics course ask, what do, you know, they were kind of a new, they had come out of a, a different Christian denomination that had more of a works basis, sort of, and asked me the question, what do Lutherans give up for Lent? And I said, actually, Lutherans, uh, uh, we don't give up anything for Lent. In fact, I said, I usually at Lent start smoking. And that was, <laughs> so 
<laughs> you know, you could use that line 35 years ago. It was kind of ha-ha funny. Now, now you get shot <gasps> if you talk about your, you know, which is actually not true. I don't <laughs> start smoking. But the funny part about Say, that I've story. I've been around you during Lent, yeah, and I've seen I, that I, once. I use that, as a li- <laughs> I use that as a line as an illustration that, you know, we're free. And if you wanted to give up some things for a certain part of the church year or your life, if it helps you focus spiritually, God bless you. But if it's if it's going to be something that you're doing to make God smile at you more, well, then that's we don't do that. In fact, we're free to keep eating meat or chocolate or whatever we want during the Lent or you know whatever. Yeah. So that was just an illustration. The funniest part about that was was when she came to church on um, Good Friday, she handed me a cigar. <laughs> After church, it was the end of Lenten season, you know. So she said, oh, "Pastor, you know, because she remembered the line, you know. Better that was up. really a funny. That was she got the Christian freedom thing, you know. Sure. So, but anyway, we. I think there's a caution, especially in the context that this comes in, as Jesus is talking about outward versus yeah. inward, and fasting or giving up or whatever. Yeah. If that becomes the topic that I'm going to talk about because I want to make sure that everyone around me knows that I'm giving something up for Lent. And now you've mm-hmm. you've kind of lost the whole point of what it is and it's turned into a, right. maybe it's internal, I feel like I'm doing more. Yeah. Or, or maybe it's the, I want to receive the praise. I want others to see how good a Christian I am because yeah. I'm giving up this thing. I'm living this pious life. Um, I think there's a real temptation yeah. that it, it ceases to be the spiritual exercise that it was designed to be or uh-huh. or could be. I will a- have to say, though, that I am thankful that in a certain Christian denomination, when they developed these rules to follow and the giving up like meat for Lent and stuff, that fish was not considered a meat. And I am actually thankful for that in the culture we had in our state that we have Wisconsin fish fries. Yeah. So I, that, just, I have to say that. There so. are some good things. Yeah, there yes. are some things. So, <laughs> so who, who goes to the fish fries and all the Lutherans, you know? So it's, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll say that. But maybe the chapter winds up with combining about the the uh, priority thing and then the worry thing all tied together is wow i i struggle with it and i'm i'm i you know i'm sure you'd be willing to uh, admit that too but this is it this is really cool stuff and intense stuff for our podcasters to read through and remember and um and think through and ponder what jesus says in the rest of chapter six really beautiful beautiful stuff who isn't bothered with uh, you know our treasure here on earth is more important than the treasure that we should be storing up in heaven. And who isn't bothered with worry, you know, and it can be financial. It can be. Sometimes it's both, right? Sometimes Sometimes I worry about my, my money. (laughs) Jesus knows how to take care of us. That doesn't mean stop working because it's going to fall out of the trees or I can take care of birds and sparrows and stuff. I can take care of you. Stop worrying. Okay. I don't work. No, that's not what he's saying, but, uh, priorities, treasures in heaven. And, uh, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. It's a beautiful, beautiful way that this chapter wraps up. Yeah. I, I love that. So, And all these things will be given to you as well. Yeah. yeah. God can take care of those things. He can. Right? Yeah. If you have your priorities straight and if you've got, if you've prioritized the relationship that he's enabled us to have with him, mm-hmm. um, God can and will take care of the, the things that we might stay up late at night worrying about <laughs> or the things that, that would cause us stress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. God's got those two. My son, your classmate, was talking to me about this once. Maybe you and I have discussed it, that maybe this is a way in which we're wrapping up our talk on Chapter 6. But in his ministry as a campus pastor at our high school, Lutheran High School, he's got teens, obviously. And, you know, he had said to me, and this is not news to you because you've talked with him about it, and you and I have too, 
but uh, what teens are dealing with is the same as, you know, back when you guys were as classmates, not in the same high school, but, you know, dealing with, you always warn your kids as parents or whatever, as educators, as people who care, drug, sex, alcohol. But today, teens are really battling with anxiety as the number one thing. And, you know, pressure from parents for the AP courses or the ACT tests or whatever, pressure from peers and social media and all this stuff that goes on. It is, and, and then they're, they're, they're locked into their screens for so many hours. It's just, it's not an easy thing and to be a teen nowadays or a young adult. And this chapter winds up with a section that would be a great read and thought process for not just the teens, but, you know, for all of us who battle anxiety and worry. And it's, just, it's, it's wonderful that Jesus gives us this section because we do know that what Jesus says here, too, is... Most, Most certainly, certainly true. Thanks for joining us in our effort to read and grow through the Gospel of Matthew. We'd love to share more Jesus with you. Learn more about Grace at our website, www.gracedowntown.org. There you'll find worship times, Bible study resources, links to our digital media resources, our pastor's contact info, and a lot more about our ministry in and to downtown Milwaukee. We hope to connect you to the grace of God again soon.